0: Good morning, buenos dias, welcome, bienvenidos, how good it is to be in the house of the Lord this morning. If you're worshiping online, if you could just take a moment and type into the comments a hello and and where you're worshiping from. For those who are in person in the sanctuary, you could turn to a neighbor and give a wave and a howdy and a hello and we'll smile with our eyes above our masks, there you go. Uh, And if anyone's worshiping here for the very first time, there's a welcome to MCC card in your pew if you could fill that out. Uh, for those worshiping for the very first time on the worship broadcast, there will be a link that will be posted momentarily uh, for you to fill out. Well, MCCLV has all sorts of wonderful classes going on right now. On Monday nights, there's a book study on Cynthia Bourgeau's book on Centering Prayer and Inner Awakening. Great class. And then starting next uh, week, uh, Tuesday, February 1st, or for those who are online starting uh, Tuesday, February, this coming Tuesday, February 1st, um, is a two-part series. It's on the stewardship of sexuality. uh, And then we'll finish off the month of February with a class on inclusive language. Uh, as well as progressive Christianity. So all sorts of, of great options right now in adult spiritual formation. Also, if you could like and share the worship broadcast, uh, that would be wonderful. Certainly there's someone who needs to hear a good word from God today and hear about the inclusive love of God. So like and share the worship broadcast. Uh, Also, there will be a communion liturgy today. Uh, For those who are worshiping in person, you received a communion kit on your way in. If you did not receive a kit and want one, if you could put a hand up in the air, we'll make sure one is brought to you. For those worshiping online, there's someone way in the back here who needs a communion kit. Uh, For those worshiping online, Uh, If you could get your bread, your cracker, your juice ready because uh, we sure want you to participate in the communion liturgy. And I believe that completes our announcements for today. Uh, If you could please rise as able. Let's join in saying together our church's purpose statement. MCCLV's purpose is to worship and serve God through acts of justice and compassion. And now let's turn to one another. Share a sign of peace with the peace sign. Or the hug sign. Uh, For those worshiping online, if you could type in the word peace or use the peace emoji. Again, how good it is to be worshiping together today. to the house of the Holy One with song and praise. We have come to worship our God, the creator of heaven and earth, seas and rivers, and all that dwells within. We seek to know God's faithfulness and wisdom. Let us enter God's rhythm of life and follow in the ways of the word. God will bring us home where peace and joy will never end. Amen. You may be seated as we continue to worship. and secure Amen. Well, praise God for this set-apart time, this set-aside time that we can take a pause and we can lift up prayer together. For those who are worshiping online, at this time you're invited to type into the comments of the broadcast any prayer requests that you may have, a situation, a circumstance that you need to have lifted before the Lord. For those who are worshiping in person, in just a moment I'm gonna pause and we can speak our prayer requests into the sanctuary. So let's pause now for a moment. If there are any prayer needs, let's lift them up. Praise and all glory and all honor to you, O Lord, that you hear our prayers and you respond to our needs. Whether these prayers have been lifted up aloud or whether they've remained on our hearts, you hear us, you heal us, Lord God, you know us, and we are grateful. We humbly ask, Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us renew us where we need renewing rejuvenate us where we need rejuvenation help us this day to accept the rebirth that you so graciously offer to us we are grateful for this time of worship this time to pray and to sing and to commune with you and with your people may our worship service be pleasing and acceptable to you may we honor and revere you in this time together loving god You created us for yourself, Lord God, so that our hearts are restless until they find rest in you. In your light may we see life clearly and in your service may we find hope. God, you have led us apart from the busy world into this time of worship. You have provided each one of us with precious spiritual gifts. Help us to share these gifts during this time together and help us to share these gifts with a world in need. And let's all say... Amen.
1: Lord, listen to your children pray. Lord, send your spirit in this place.
2: Good morning guys, children. Greetings from Allentown, PA. My name is Barbara. So my nickname is Babs. I'd like to talk to you today a little bit about forgiveness and then pray a blessing for you. Did you ever have somebody hurt your feelings or maybe you hurt a friend's feelings by not including them when you were playing or maybe not sharing, maybe even being unkind? Well, I sure have. Many, 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 many times. In fact, last week I was feeling grumpy. I was impatient. And I had to try to fix it because it made my heart kind of hurt. And then another thing happened last week, I broke a friend's toy. (laughs) And it kind of makes your heart hurt when there's pain between friends and if you hurt their feelings. But we can try to fix it. And the way we can try to fix it, to mend that heart that hurts, is to say I'm sorry. It's really simple. Say I'm sorry from your heart. We're all brothers and sisters in Christ. We're all children of God, and in the Bible it says, Jesus says, to forgive each other and to be kind. And Jesus forgives us over and over and over and over and over. So let's try our best to ask forgiveness when we need to and to say we're sorry and try really hard to forgive each other. Thank you. Let's pray a blessing, God of forgiveness. We praise your children everywhere, we praise you for your children everywhere. We are all brothers and sisters through Christ. We join and lift our prayers to ask your blessing on these children, those in worship today and those who are watching online. May they feel your presence and your forgiveness each and every day. May they feel your love. And may they learn to give, forgive, be kind, and remember that they are forgiven. Because Jesus loves us all the time. Amen.
3: My name is Carol, and I bring you greetings from Metropolitan Community Church of the Lehigh Valley in Bethlehem. I give to God through MCCLV because God is so good, everything comes from God, everything, every little teeny atom and molecule up to all the big stuff the world and the universe. Everything comes from God. God is good all the time. Even when things are not the way that we want them and they're challenging and we're frustrated or sad or angry, God is still good. God's got the big picture. We don't. So God is good all the time. Now, when you give, you can give your offerings online through MCCLV's website at www.mcclv.org. You click on the Donate button. You may also write a check to MCCLV and mail it to the church at 1401 Greenview Drive in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, 18018. God has given us every good thing. Let's return to God a portion of all that God has so graciously
4: given to us. Thank you. Our reading today comes from chapter 3 of the Gospel according to John. Hear God's word for you. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. Nicodemus said to Jesus, how can these things be? Jesus answered, are you a teacher of Israel? And yet you do not understand these things. Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen. Yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the sovereign one. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the sovereign one be lifted up, that whoever believes this one may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that God gave God's only child so that everyone who believes in the child may not perish but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the child into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through the child. Those who believe in the child are not condemned but those who do not believe are condemned already because they have not believed in the name of the only child of God. And this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, and people loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light and do not come to the light so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. Here ends today's reading. Praise God that God's word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path.
0: Praise God indeed. Church, will you pray with me? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you. God, we humbly ask once more, pour out your Spirit upon us that we might be transformed. Bless us, we pray. Amen. Well, today's message is titled, Are You Born Again? It's a question that's popular in some Christian groups, and it is closely related to this question. When did you take Jesus Christ? as your Lord and Savior? Now the problem with these questions is that not everyone's spiritual journey, not everyone's spiritual journey has exact points along the way where decisions were made. And so on this next slide, when someone asks me, are you born again, this is what I answer with. I'm in process. (laughs) I'm continually in process. Now, having a born-again experience or making a decision to take Jesus as our Lord and Savior doesn't mean the spiritual process has come to an end. It doesn't mean the journey is completed. It doesn't mean there's nothing left to learn. It doesn't mean there's not a need for additional growth. I don't believe that I am a finished product. And praise God that God is continually renewing me again and again decade by decade and day by day. This process, this renewal process, this rebirthing process, it started before I was born and it will continue when this perishable body puts on imperishability. Now, thankfully, I have developed some greater compassion for the person that I've been in the past, amen? (laughs) It can be embarrassing sometimes to think about what we believed previously, right? It can be embarrassing to think about some of our thoughts or some of our actions, some of our words, some of our social media posts (laughs) that we made. It can be embarrassing to think about those times that we lived in, that we operated in spiritual immaturity. So part of, of living more graciously, part of living more graciously, is recognizing that we may be renewed and reborn again and again by our loving and infinitely understanding God. Thank God that God doesn't hold our past against us and that God simply invites us to be reborn and to continue along the path that God has placed before us. I'll never forget a few years ago, I gave a presentation at a local Presbyterian church okay? And it was on, surprise, LGBT inclusion. Um, I, uh, I give presentations a lot on LGBT inclusion. And so I'll never forget, after I gave this presentation, a man came up to me afterwards, and he was a retired Presbyterian pastor. And I could tell he was distressed, uh, that something was just distressing his soul. And he shared with me that he regretted that he wasn't more pro-LGBT while he was in active ministry. And I said to him, we are all a work in progress, right? We are all a work in progress. And what mattered was that he was open to being reborn again in the Lord. Praise be to God. Well, in the passage from John's Gospel today, we hear about a man named Nicodemus who visits Jesus. Now, Nicodemus didn't need to make a decision for Christ. That's always very pressure-filled, coercive language, right? Jesus doesn't ask Nicodemus, are you born again? And that question feels like a judgment, right? When I've been asked in different settings if I'm born again or if I've taken Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I always feel like there's some judgment behind the questions, right? Someone is digging to see, well, what brand of Christianity uh, do I hold? But sometimes, there really is behind these questions, there's a concern about the importance of spirituality. People are trying to figure out how much or how little I value religious commitments. Jesus is urgently concerned that people understand the importance of committing to a life in the Spirit. Jesus makes it clear that in order to see the kingdom of God, Nicodemus needs to be reborn in the Spirit. And this is difficult for Nicodemus, and it's difficult for most of us. We are not the ones who initiate our renewal. Okay? And while we may make some decisions along the way to accept God's rejuvenation and receive God's rebirth, we are not in charge of the process. God is in charge, and we surrender to God's will and to God's way. But spiritual surrender can be challenging in our take charge society. We're encouraged to be masters of our own destiny. Now Nicodemus, just a little bit of background about Nicodemus, He was a person of significant religious authority. John's Gospel identifies him as a Pharisee. The Pharisees, they were this religious group that were active while Jesus was ministering on the earth, and the Pharisees were particularly concerned, this religious group, the Pharisees, particularly concerned with maintaining and sustaining the religious processes and procedures that had developed over the centuries. So Nicodemus, He's a guy who knows his religious texts, and in his role, he was used to interpreting scripture for people's day-to-day lives. Now, Nicodemus would be comparable uh, to someone like a bishop in Christian denominations that structure uh, themselves that way. He'd be like a bishop. And because of his standing in his religious group, it was not safe for Nicodemus to visit Jesus during the day right he didn't want to be seen by others talking to this radical guy jesus so nicodemus has to visit jesus at night and as with most bishops as with most people in religious leadership nicodemus is a smooth talker okay he knows how to flatter and so nicodemus he starts off by telling jesus rabbi we know that you're a teacher who has come from god or no one can do these signs that you're doing apart from the presence of God. But Jesus doesn't need His spiritual Admiration. In fact, Jesus doesn't need any kind of acknowledgement from Nicodemus. Jesus doesn't need a compliment. He doesn't need an affirmation. What matters most to Jesus is a new start for everyone, even including people who have long standing religious leadership positions. So Jesus answers Nicodemus very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. And This is very cheeky of Jesus to say to Nicodemus, very cheeky. Here he is. He's telling the bishop, he's telling the guy who has loads of religious power that no one, including Nicodemus, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. And so Jesus is not going to play Nicodemus's game. So Nicodemus, what did he do? He paid Jesus a compliment, and Jesus doesn't reply with, well, thank you, Nicodemus, and I must say that you're an awesome religious leader. Aren't we all great here? Why don't you send an email to your people? I'll send an email to my people, and we'll gather together for a spiritual conference in Cancun. We'll talk some more. We'll all have a a good time. We'll have some margaritas, too, while we're there. Instead, what happens? Nicodemus compliments Jesus and how does Jesus respond? Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Couldn't Jesus go a little softer on Nicodemus, take things a little more slowly, be a little more conversational? Jesus doesn't have any time to waste. He has to cut to the heart of the matter with Nicodemus and with all of us. On Nicodemus, he's confused by this idea of being born above. It's not the typical spiritual language he's used to hearing or saying. So Nicodemus asks Jesus for clarification. How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? So Nicodemus is stuck in the literal rather than the spiritual. And Jesus doesn't want to get stuck in the literal, doesn't want to deal with non-spiritual talk. And again, Jesus goes directly to the spiritual truth. Jesus responds to Nicodemus' question by saying, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of flesh is flesh. What is born of spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. So Nicodemus has had his first birth, his fleshy birth in the ordinary, everyday world. And now Nicodemus is being called to what? To live more spiritually. To have another birth. And this time to be born, to be reborn in the spirit. And it's not by our own effort that we are born anew. It's in, by, and through God's powerful spirit that we are reborn. We don't decide to make ourselves worthy to God and then we're born anew. Instead, what do we do? We let God take hold of our lives. We're not the primary movers and shakers and deciders and choosers. God is. We're not spiritual because we say we're spiritual. We are spiritual because God has birthed us anew. So Jesus says to Nicodemus, Jesus says to all of us, the wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you don't know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. So we cannot control the Holy Spirit. We don't know when it will arrive. We don't know what good word it will provide for us, what sustenance it will give, or when it will visit next, but we sure know that a visit from the Spirit is a good, good thing. The Spirit doesn't arrive according to our schedule or according to our timing. We wait on the Spirit, we trust in the Spirit, and we allow ourselves to be reborn in the Spirit. And we let go more and more of all of the carefully crafted narratives we have developed about our lives, and we give ourselves over to that uncontrollable, that unmanageable, that unstoppable spirit. And we've all been given the gift of the Holy Spirit. Praise be to God, each and every one of us. Paul writes in his first letter to the church in Corinth, to each, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Now, while God graciously provides us with the gift of the Spirit, we may say no thanks, or we may be too distracted, right, to receive God's gift of the Spirit, or we may be fearful of accepting a gift of the Spirit because it may bring us to some unpredictable places. Again, Jesus is telling Nicodemus that he must be born from above and that everyone born of the Spirit is to get used to embracing the unknown. Now Nicodemus, he is not used to operating with a lot of unknowns. And he asks Jesus, how can these things be? Jesus responds with a bit of a burn to Nicodemus. Did you notice that? Jesus says, are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? So Nicodemus is a spiritual leader, but he's not very spiritual. Nicodemus is caught up with right doctrine, and right interpretation, and right application. And hey, doctrine, interpretation, Practical application, these are all vitally important in the spiritual life. This is not to put them down, but spirituality can quickly become dry. It becomes emptied of energy if it's only focused on the X's and O's. Now, when I watch sports commentary, I'll often hear one of the announcers say something like, well, this coach really knows their X's and O's, or this player has really mastered their X's and O's. And what the announcer means is that the coach or the player or the, the whole team, they, they understand the skills, the mechanics, and the procedures needed to play the sport well. But watching an individual player or watching a team that knows the X's and O's can quickly turn very, very boring if the athletes are not playing with heart. I would much rather watch a semi-talented team play with heart than watch a super-talented team play exactly as all, uh, as they're directed, right? It's never fun to watch a team that seems robotic or mechanical in what they're doing. So Nicodemus has the X's and O's of religion down marvelously. He has ascended to a position of religious leadership. He is well-connected. And when Nicodemus leads a religious ritual, he likely performs that ritual exactly as he was instructed. Now, the problem with this approach is that the spirit may be squeezed out of the religious practices. And it can happen to all of us, not just religious leaders, but all of us who participate in religious or spiritual activities. We can sometimes do what? We can sometimes phone it in. We can sometimes expect uh, that the Holy Spirit's not going to make an appearance. Well, we're not going to see the Spirit today. We, we can't predict that. The Spirit moves where it will. We can sometimes just do something because it's what we're supposed to do. Imagine if each of us was anticipating an outpouring of the Spirit every time we attended a worship service. Every time we attend worship, whether it's in person or online, we rely not just on ourselves. Now, of course, we have to get our fleshy selves to worship, right? We have to power up the laptop in order to participate in the worship broadcast. or We have to get the car started. We have to head over to the church building. And yet, when we enter into worship, we have to rely on the Holy Spirit to make sense of things and to give us discernment and pour out love and grace and mercy and hope. And if something doesn't make sense right away, sometimes, you know, later, sometimes later, the Spirit will help us to understand. Now, the late great theologian Karl Barth, he wrote a many-volume monumental series, and it was titled Church Dogmatics. And in his Doctrine of the Holy Spirit, Karl Barth, on this next slide... Uh, He writes, when we say by the Holy Spirit, we are content to give the glory to God and not to ourselves. Amen. We are content to give the glory to God and not to ourselves. Nicodemus is stuck in the physical world. He's baffled by the idea of being born again. And all he can think of is physical birth. Now, thank God that the physical is not all there is. Thank God that there's something beyond what the world presents us with day after day. And for those of us who are in a spiritual path, we're just as susceptible to anyone else as getting stuck focusing on just the physical, fleshy world. The depth of the spiritual life is hard to comprehend, even for those who have been at it for a while, even for those like Nicodemus. Now this is no cause to judge Nicodemus, right? This is no cause to laugh at Nicodemus. We have all misunderstood spiritual concepts. We are all a work in progress. And it's important to note that Jesus is not saying flesh is bad, okay? Uh, We've all had too much of that false teaching over the years. Instead, it's about making an idol of the flesh. It's about making the flesh more important than anything else that, that Jesus has a problem with. Uh, As Paul writes in his letter to the church in Rome, those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. Those who live according to the spirit, I love this, those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. So for Paul, for Jesus, the problem is setting our minds on the flesh. Making every decision based on how we feel or what we think rather than pausing and consulting with God, taking our time in prayer and setting our minds on God. So Jesus is pointing out to Nicodemus that there's something beyond the physical, the fleshy, the obvious material things that were wonderfully created by God but are not everything. That urgent invitation from Jesus is to be born again in the Spirit. It's not about being renewed so that we can have greater success in life. It's not about promotion or position or reward or recognition. Instead, it's about emptying, surrendering, and letting go of what we thought we knew. Now, sometimes it's within the location of the church that we are reborn, and sometimes it's in another location, or sometimes it's both and. Now, five years ago, I attended my first ever Broadway musicals, and I very much felt reborn. I had lived in the northeastern part of the United States for quite a while, but I had not made a pilgrimage, and it felt like a pilgrimage, I had not made a pilgrimage to Broadway for, it was for a variety of reasons. And then one bleak winter day, uh, of course pre-pandemic, right, everything is pre- or post-pandemic. One bleak winter day, a family member of ours living in Brooklyn persuaded a number of us to check out not just one, but two Broadway musicals in a day. Yes, there was some sort of promotion and seven of us, including myself and my spouse Carol, we attended a matinee of the musical Fun Home. Has anyone seen Fun Home? Yep, (laughs) a few people. And in that evening, that same, that same day in the evening, we attended the musical, The Color Purple. And yes, yes, amen, yes. And I love movies, I love the visual arts, but there was something really special about live theater on Broadway. And I'm getting emotional just thinking about it. And it felt special probably because it felt a bit like live worship. Now, I'm not being blasphemous, okay? Everyone calm down. Well, write me an email if you're concerned. Um, uh, I'm not being blasphemous. I'm not trying to say that going to the theater is the same as worshiping God in a sanctuary, okay? There's nothing that we worship when we attend live theater. But I will say this the theatrical experience was definite, it was so uplifting and transcendent. And there was a sense of something spiritual at work and I needed a new perspective. I needed renewal, and I needed rebirth that day, and God provided that renewal and rebirth. The theater re-energized me. God used it to reach me. And on occasion, I feel the same way when I'm watching a live sporting event. Others feel re-energized after cooking or baking, spending time with friends or family, spending time in nature, reading a book. God may use whatever God wants to use to renew us and revive us. And we know, back to Karl Barth, how do we know if it's a work of the Spirit? Well, we know it's by the Spirit. We know that it's a work of the Spirit when we feel moved to glorify God and give the credit and the thanks to God rather than to ourselves. Now, that passage from John's Gospel ends with Jesus teaching on eternal life and salvation Jesus points out that God did not send the child into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through the child. So God didn't send Jesus. God did not send Christ so that we would be shamed, but that we would all be saved. And the good news is that there's nothing we do to earn this salvation. There's nothing we do to become worthy of it. God initiates the salvation process, and through faith we are saved. And we're saved now in this moment as well as eternally. And it's not an individualistic salvation that Jesus teaches. It's for the whole world. That the whole world might be saved. And this is certainly a good word for us today. So many people are so tired physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, so wrung out, just dealing with the daily tasks of life right now. And thankfully, the Spirit saves us from our exhaustion. And we don't need to do anything in this moment. We just have faith. We have faith that God is present and that the Spirit of the living God is falling fresh on us. And so let's take a moment now and let's uh, pray for rebirth. And let's pray for that rebirth. Let's join in our positive prayer energy with one another. Let's pray for that rebirth for us personally you know individually let's also pray for that rebirth uh for the church mcclv as well as for the community and again let's just join all of our positive prayer energy together lord god there is someone in this sanctuary who is just so in need of your rebirth your rejuvenation your renewal. In fact, it's probably more than just one person, uh, Lord God. And so we send all of our prayer energy to these people in the sanctuary, those who are worshiping online, who are in need of this refreshment from you, Lord God. We entrust these beloved ones to you, and we trust, Lord God, that you will pour out on all your people in need that rejuvenation that they and all of us might be re-energized. Lord God, where does your church need to be reborn? We humbly ask that you pour out your spirit on your church, Metropolitan Community Church of the Lehigh Valley, and not just this one local church, but all your churches, Lord God, are in need of your renewal and your rebirth, a new perspective, a new way of thinking being acting sharing lord god show us the way and we pray for the wider community we pray for your world lord god your world is groaning we are a world in need you've got a tired world uh, right now lord god and so send your spirit Pour out your rejuvenating energy on all your people. We thank you, God, that we can turn to you, that we can trust in you. And we can ask, and you pour out your spirit upon us. We are in awe of you. All glory and honor and praise to you, Lord God, forever and ever. And let's say, amen.
1: take my hand
0: be with you. Lift up your hearts. (laughs) Let us give thanks to God. Praise God for this inclusive table of love and praise God for the gift of Jesus Christ. Now on the night that Jesus was to be betrayed, he gathered with a group of friends eating dinner together And as they were gathered around the table, Jesus took bread, he blessed it, broke it, passed it to his friends, seated there, saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Whenever you eat of this bread, do so in remembrance of me. And then Jesus took a cup, again he blessed it, passed it to his friends, saying, take and drink. This is the cup of your salvation. My blood poured out for you for the remission of your sins and the sins of the whole world. Let us pray and let's take a moment of silent confession to confess to God all that we may have done or failed to do to keep in that right relationship with God. Loving and gracious God, bless these gifts of bread and fruit of the vine. We pray Humbly, that these gifts might be transformative. Amen. And let's share now in the bread and in the cup. Loving God, how good it is to gather around your table and to experience once again your love, your hope, your grace, your forgiveness, and your mercies, which are from generation to generation. You pour out abundant blessings on us. We are in awe of you, Lord God. Amen. Please rise as able, and let's join in saying together our commission and blessing May the love of Jesus Christ bring us wholeness, the grace of God the Creator give us healing, and the breath of the Holy Spirit instill in us passion for the living of these days. Amen.
1: Blessed be your name. Full, where streams of abundance flow, blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place, though I walk through the wilderness. Blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I... closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be.
0: Indeed. Let's go now in peace to love and serve the Lord. Vaya con Dios. Walk with God. Amen.